See, when we came to America, we were poor and broke, the way I look at it, um, because we would always run out of money before run out of month. We decide, you know, do we do without electricity or, or gas? Because some months we couldn't afford to pay both. And, you know, being broke is being without money. Being poor is being kind of scarcity-minded, poor-minded. And we just realized that money's for the rich. Money's for the, the Americans. It's for the people who were born here, who went to college. And that's how I grew up. And later, Jim Franco taught me that, hey, you know what? You can't be scarcity-minded. You can't, you have to live in abundance. You have to understand that people just want a solution to a problem and they don't care about the color of your skin, about the level of your education. Um, they want a solution to a problem. So he taught me, he had to break all these old patterns that I had, right? What were some of the patterns? Some of the patterns were that money's for the white folk and not for the foreigners. You actually thought that? Yeah, I really, because that's, that's how it was. Because every time we went and got, got more food stamps, it was all foreigners. There was no white people in line, at least not, not in the parts of Santa Ana that I was raised. Um, and so I felt that money was for the people who were telling us to leave this country, go back to your own country. And that also puts a chip on your shoulder, right, against them. And so I guess I had some reverse racism towards, towards white America. Now I realize for no apparent reason there was a couple of idiots in, in every culture I imagine, right? But so that was one pattern that I had. Another pattern that I had was that being proud to be blue collar. Like my dad was like, and he, he still says this, work is holy. And I believe that work is holy. But the fact that he had so many jobs, a paper route, pumping gas, worked at a pizzeria. And so because of that mindset, blue collar, blue collar, we were always this blue collar mentality. And I took pride in being blue collar. Another pattern Jim Franco had to, had to break was he's like, dude, be white collar. Don't use the shovel, sell the shovel. I'd never heard that phrase before. I'm the guy that took pride in, I could dig a deeper hole, a deep, deeper trench, I could, I could outwork you, but that's still trading time for dollars. And so to be able to break those limiting belief systems that I had, to me was huge. And all of a sudden I realized I'm no longer poor-minded. I may end up broke again, I do really well now, but I may make one or two bad decisions with my money or my investment and end up being broke again, but I'll never be poor. And I know how to get back from broke because I know how to add value to society, solve problems in exchange for money. But I'll never be poor again. And poor is a state of mind of feeling out of control, scarcity-minded, taking pride in being blue collar. No one should ever take pride in being blue collar, period, period. You've got a brain, you've got a solution to a problem that people wanna pay for, Put it out there. So when you say scarcity-minded, abundant-minded, what do you mean? Well, a scarcity-minded person says, uh-oh, someone else opened up a gym you know, across the street from me, they're gonna put me out of business, I better charge less, right? The abundant-minded person says, someone else opened up a gym across the street from me, I better out-service them, out-work them, out-social media them, right? So the scarcity-minded person is always, the sky is falling, the chicken little mentality, the Oh my gosh, if Trump goes into office, then we're all screwed. Oh my gosh, if Hillary goes into office, then we're all screwed. I don't care who's in office anymore. I control my own economy. The economy can crash and go back up and back down again. I will find a way, as Tony Robbins says, I'm built for winter. I just didn't know it. And so more people need to be abundant-minded in that if the economy crashes, I just have to deliver more value and create this category of one about myself. If competition shows up, I have to out-service them, out-work them, out-social media them, versus shrivel up and die. What I always tell people is this, you have to monitor your self-talk. Monitor your self-talk. 
If you go around people, tell people, oh, I have a horrible memory, I'm not smart enough, I'm getting too old, fill in the blank. First of all, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Does that make sense? A lot of people are like, oh, I'm so forgetful, I'm so busy, which that whole busyness really bothers me. Like where people, so you, how are you doing? I'm just so crazy, so stressed, so busy. It becomes like a badge of honor that people wear, wear all the time. And then what do you start reinforcing? Being busy, right? But here, going back to this, your self-talk is the program that will run, so you want to be mindful, right? And stand guard to your mind, because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. If you're new to the Impact Secret Podcast show, welcome to the family. To my existing family, as always, big up. Thank you for joining. On this podcast show, we shift the mindset through personal development and business. I am your humble host, E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, that just simply means Ed. Now, pull up to the dinner table. I got some stories to tell. You know Mr. Fist's slogan. Never rest in the middle, always rest in the end. Three impact secret value points I want you to get today. Value point number one, write down what is stopping you from going after your dream. Again, write down what is stopping you from going after your dream. Value point number two, state of certainty state of certainty i don't know why i'm struggling with certainty today value point tip number one stop assuming the worst stop assuming the worst today's episode is entitled it's not what you know it's what you do with what you know facing your limiting beliefs again it's not what you know it's what you do with what you know facing your limited beliefs family let's get into today's show i hope you enjoyed today's clip the reason why i chose that clip is because i was navigating through some information and I started reading comments from other videos and and if you take a taking uh, notes on this, that's a good thing to do. If you are a creator, look at comments and see where there's some gaps at and the gaps that I continue to keep seeing, which I've struggled with in my own life, if I'm being transparent and honest with you, is self-belief, self-belief, not the confidence, because there's a difference between confidence and self-belief. Let me unpack that for you. See, confidence, I can have confidence and say, yes, I'm going to do it. But one shows up in conversation and one shows up in action. Which one would you rather have, the conversation or the action? See, the action for me is really self-belief. And I believe confidence is saying that you're going to do it. So the self-belief is believing that you can break through the barriers that have already been set and established. 
What I noticed in that clip is some of the things I share with the first speaker and I may get his name wrong. So I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Uh, but anyway, what I like what he said is the the when you grew up in a household and this is I'm, I'm speaking to I'm speaking to everybody on this one that understands uh, working in a factory, understands the blue collar work. And he said something that was very powerful is, is that when you grow up in that environment, um, when you grow, when you when you have parents and siblings and other people that have worked in that environment, it's that you take pride in the work, the hard work, the harder that you work, you assume and you think that the further you will go along in life. And that's that that seems evidence because when you get your your check, it is is a reflection of you've worked maybe 60 hours and now you don't got a 20, 20 hours of additional overtime. But he said when he met he met his mentor, his mentor said something that was very powerful. He said instead of actually you doing the work, I mean, instead of you thinking of a blue collar mentality, you need to think of a white collar mentality, a white collar mentality is Instead of you actually performing the, the the job duty, won't you sell the tools so the person that is actually doing the work can do it? That was powerful. Let's slow that down because I may have been talking too fast because I'm really excited about this topic because a lot of us face these limited beliefs and we're going to break those. Well, we're going to start the breaking of those chains today. So what I said was he. He said he met his mentor and his mentor told him instead of actually doing the job duty, instead of doing the actual task, won't you sell the tools of that someone else can leverage and do it yourself? So is that the white collar mentality versus the blue collar mentality? See, a lot of times, family and life, we tell ourselves stories of why we can't do something. Are you are you going to can I get a witness? I'm about to take you out of church today. If you haven't been to church, um, then I'm going to take you there. This is virtual church right now, as y'all can't tell. But seriously, on a serious note. We tell ourselves stories a lot of times. We'll tell ourselves a story of. I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, to do this. You're right. You haven't started. Well, you know, uh, this this happened to me last time I tried to do it. I didn't get any looks or any views. See, it always comes back to something. And where I got this from, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's last. Uh, I think it was uh, what's this? What is it called? Oh, I hate when when I get on a roll here and I think a book comes into my mind and I can't think. But anyway, I think it's called Final Recall or Recall or or whatever, but it was, it was really a, 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 a biographical pick of Arnold Schwarzenegger's life of how he, matter of fact, I think I'm going to reread that book, how he, how he came from where he came from into where he went to. And one of the things that, that, that stuck out in my mind that kept just resonating in my mind where he said that he did sets and reps. He continued to, con, you know, keep going and being persistent of doing it over and over and over again until he got better. See, I didn't say till he got perfect. He said until he got better. And when you get to that point, I'm telling you, family, I know you don't believe me right now, but what you, you, you don't have nothing to lose by sampling it. You know what a sample when you've ever been somewhere and someone offered you a sample of something and you tasted it and you, you didn't really want to taste it because you really were going wherever you were going. And then you had that sample and you're like, mm, 
See, I missed that when I used to go in Costco. See, they used to have on Saturdays or even Sundays, they would have samples. So you would go down an aisle and then they would have a sample and say, try this. And most of the time I would reject it because I'm like, I don't want to taste this. I I mean, I'm on a mission. I need to get in here, get what I need to go and, and go. But every once in a while, someone would be more convincing. It wouldn't be like, you know, taste this. You know, would you like a sample? It would say, you know what? Um, I've had a lot of people that have come by here. Would you like to taste a sample? You know, no obligations or anything. I'm not asking you for any more. You know what? Okay, I'll just taste it. And you taste it. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. Where can I buy it? I'm glad you asked. Look right behind me. We got a whole display of it right behind me. The point I am trying to make is in life, we need to understand there's nothing wrong of taking a sample and tasting a sample of life to see if it's a fit for us, to see if it works for us. But instead, what we do is I we again, we tell ourselves stories. We can talk ourselves in and out of a lot of different things and we'll we'll talk ourselves out of it. And then guess what we do? We're so good and we're so nice at it. We'll justify the reason why we shouldn't do it or why it's not a good fit or why it's failed for us in the past or why we've seen other people fail. So what's the point of us going through it ourselves? I remember one day I uh, was eating some guacamole and my daughter had asked me, she was just like, what is that? I was like, guacamole, basically avocado, tomatoes and onions with a little bit of, you know, um, salt and whatever else I got. That's a special ingredient. You're going to have to hit me on the DM for that one. But anyway, I digress. And so she was like, she was like, that doesn't look good. It just, I mean, this looks like a bunch of just green, you know, it just doesn't look appealing. And I said, well, until you've tasted it, you can't make that judgment. Have you ever had guacamole? No. Okay. Because since you haven't had guacamole, you've already talked yourself out of what you may enjoy. I'll say that again. You've already talked yourself out of what you may have joined. You know, you didn't sample it. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't even smell it. You just looked at it and said, that's not for you. How many of us sometimes in life that we look at something and say, no, nah, that's not for me. They've already, they're already successful. There's no way I can catch them or surpass them. How many times have we talked ourselves out of out of something again that's that self-talk but let me let me let me slow down and show you what I did I said listen I grabbed a tortilla chip and I said taste it I don't know taste it she tasted it and she was like wow this is amazing she said but the presentation just didn't look appealing I say a lot of things in life that doesn't look appealing is our underneath it is where the gold is. Mm, I think I just said some. Let me just, let me try that again. I said a lot of things in life that doesn't look appealing. See that that you may want to be on social media and it doesn't look appealing because a lot of the a lot of work that you have to do as far as posting. You may want to create your own business, but what doesn't look appealing is maybe you're not really good with numbers or maybe you don't understand how to market your business. See again, it's about finding your way. And through sets and reps, I keep coming back that. See, another thing is our patterns of life. I just seen this Chinese proverb um, and it was on a video. I, I forgot who the creator was. So my apologies. But 
I went and Googled it because I, I always verify, you know, I mean, if anything in life, if you ever come in contact with me, if you tell me something and I put it down in my phone or anything like that or write it on some piece of paper, I always got to go verify. Is it is nothing against you. It's just the fact that I want to make sure that I'm speaking it to it intelligently. So I went and verified and this this Chinese proverb really woke me up to to make me understand life as a whole. You say, how can this one particular uh, proverb really kind of wake you up to life? Well, because I've struggled with um, when I was growing up. I don't know about your household, but my household was, you know, (laughs) my mother would always say, well, you know, you asking me all these questions because as a child, you, you're very, uh, you know, acquisitive and want to know certain things. And she said, you know, when you your mom would say, well, make up your bed. And I'll be like, well, mom, why I got to make up my bed? I'm about to get right back in it later tonight. So what's the point? She said, don't do as I say, do I mean, don't do as I do, do as I say. And I'm like, that makes no sense. What then? Why, why should I model that if, you, I'm, if you're not showing me so I was one of those type of kids of, of growing up, of just asking questions and, and, and trying to figure out. And then all of a sudden, as I got older, I realized that, well, I didn't realize I, I, I was at a point where when people, when I was asking questions and people were laugh at me or people would say, you know, what made you ask that question? Even though they had the same question, they didn't have the courage. And I got tired of people, you know, not speaking up and asking questions and and trying to figure things out um, by asking questions. And so I muted myself by not asking a lot of questions and just trying to figure it out. But then I started realizing that wasn't the move. That wasn't the best decision. And then this Chinese Proverbs was really just showed me the reason why the Chinese Proverbs goes like this. It says he who asks question is a fool for five minutes. He who does not ask a question remains a fool forever. Let's do that again. The Chinese proverb said he who asks a question is a fool for five minutes. He who does not ask a question remains a fool forever. How many of us just stop asking questions as we became an adult, adult because we feel like we're smarter or we have the wisdom and we have all these things going for us? Or even if it's, we don't have it going for us, if we just don't want to ask the question because we're afraid of how we're going to look. See, family, that that Chinese proverb, I hope woke you up because it did with me. It let me know the one that is afraid to ask the question is the one that is not going to be able to prosper and grow because it just stated that you may look like a fool for five minutes. Or if you allow me to remix this, you may if you may look like a fool temporarily. However, the knowledge that you're going to gain is going to help you forever but the person that refuses to to ask the probing questions to reach out and speak up and doesn't does not care how they look see there we go again that look then they will be able to to grow i i I interject that is because going back to our self-talk going back to you know the fight i call life a fight every day you wake up you are making decisions. You make a decision if today you're going to work on yourself or you're not. You make the decision if if today is the day that you finally make that first post or today is the day you finally make that decision to find another job because you're tired of the toxic tox the toxic environment. 
You see, family, that's that's one of the things we have to understand in life is, is that if we choose not to make a decision, a decision will be made for us. I did an episode on that, and I, I the more I was doing research and digging on that, I seen how now looking at self at, at limited beliefs, how these tie in together because they tie in together is because a lot of times we allow what that 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 exterior noise is happening around us to get inside of us that creates those limited beliefs. You're too short, you're too fat, you're black, you're you're green, you're orange, you're purple. All of all of the things that some of it may be true. But that doesn't have to be your truth. I'll say that again. Some of that may be true. You may not got that position because you're black. But that doesn't have to be your truth. That doesn't mean you can't go out and create a company. That doesn't mean that you can't go find a company that will welcome someone that looks like you, that are that has a like minded uh, environment in which they say we hired you because you're the professional. We hired you for your ideals. We just want to work with you to execute them and give you direction and guidance of how to execute them instead of being a dictator of telling you what you should and shouldn't do. That's a whole nother show, family. I will say this, though. I will say that every day, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much success that you've had. You always have to find a way to keep going. You can get so comfortable that you forgot. You know, I remember, and I've shared this before with you, family, about what Les Brown has said of how, you know, he wanted this talk show and he, he, he was getting all of the, the accolades or or I should say the uh, entertainment that comes with having the uh, talk show or the tangibles, meaning, you know, a, a car, a a um, I think he got a condo or apartment and he got comfortable. And he and he said and getting comfortable, he forgot the things that that got him there, the the reading the 10 to 15 pages in the morning, the listening to, you know, uh, positive, upbeat information. See, a lot of times I'm guilty of it, too. I can, you can start being so successful and success, again, as we talked about, can be measured on all different levels. For me, success is just getting up in the morning and working out and staying committed to that uh, five days a week. That's success to me. Um, but there's levels to success. Again, you know, the first step is the commitment to saying you're going to do what you said you were going to do. You said you're going to work out. You said you were going to record a show. These are prior priorities for you. And because they're priorities, then you find yourself at a point where you have to step up and make sure you do what you said you were going to do. When I when I entitled this show the way that I entitled it about you may have the information in a sense or it's not really what you know is what you do with what you know It's because there are so many people out here, including myself, that have been. I, I've learned a lot, like I've learned a lot about, you know, customer service. I learned a lot about sales, marketing and being able to package that together to solve a problem. I recently had a situation in which I am, if you haven't learned about me so far, I am huge on service, huge on service. And what I mean by that is, is, is that I recently bought a product, right? And this product, I was hoping to 
help me improve in one of my areas of social media. And when I purchased the product, I got a, you know, I got an email and said, Hey, you know, here's your receipt information. You know, one business day went by. So I said, well, this is strange. I can't access the information. So I sent an email to the person, uh, to the company, I'm sorry. And the company got back with me the next business day and said, well, we don't show that you um, purchased this. Now, keep in mind, the original email that I sent had the invoice and the um, receipt information aligned with it. So I'm thinking, okay, did they read the email or what? And then they're telling me, hey, go here, click here to, 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 to do this. Again, like I said, I'm big on service because of the fact of, I feel when someone comes into your world, especially for the first time of purchasing anything from you, I'm not talking about the free stuff that you give out. I'm talking about when they finally made a decision to purchase something from you that lets you know that they believe in what you're doing. And when they believe in what you're doing, they have an expectation, especially if this is their first purchase through you. So I respond back and I, so now I provide the again the same information but I attached the actual physical receipt and then I got to thinking about it and I said you know what why do I keep reaching out to these you know um, different courses and everything like that I said I've I probably have purchased a lot of different courses and some of them I've you know I've leveraged and, and worked well why not take the information that of the courses I've already purchased see how does it stand up or where we're at right now and then go out and find the, the, the answers where I found gaps at, um, because I, reason why I said that is because it goes back to limited beliefs. I'm believing that, well, you know, they're the experts, you know, they got, you know, 5 million followers, they got 10 million followers, they got, you know, even 200 K followers. So I know that they know this more than me. But do they? And I mean that with respect of saying do they because of the fact of their the algorithm is always changing. The algorithm of life is always changing. Whoever would have thought that we would be in a situation where companies were saying, no, we don't really like people working from home or we because of the fact of we don't think it's productive. And now you have a lot of companies working from home. I mean, a lot of people working from home. And so I share with you about that, that about that service story is the fact of, is that a lot of times family is, is that you have to be able to not stop. You have to be persistent. And I was so glad that happened to me because now, now I'm on a journey of, I'm going to figure this out on my own. There's a lot of information out here on YouTube that I can research. On top of that, um, I'm going, as I'm going along on the research, I'm going to be creating, you know, notes and creating videos to help somebody else that has experience some of the things I experienced because this is not my first time experiencing something like that and I said and, and I always try to st- say to myself well maybe 
maybe they were, you know, really extremely busy and had a flux of a fluctuation of emails and, and things of that nature. I said, but, but let me ask you a question. If somebody was paying you $200 and I don't care what level you're on, money is money. If someone is paying you $200 a month to be in your uh, mastermind group, wouldn't you, wouldn't you make sure, and this is, you know, and, and you can tell they're a new customer, wouldn't you make sure that you go above and beyond and provide value that you're actually over deliver? So that's why I think about, you know, limited beliefs, because a lot of times people will stop right there and be like, you know what, maybe this is not for me. Cause that did run through my mind. I was like, maybe I shouldn't even work on improving areas of where I see a lot of people I'm getting attention at and improving on that. Maybe, maybe this is not for me. And then I caught myself and I was like, wait a minute, it is for me. I don't, you know, because I'm extremely persistent. I keep, I keep looking for the answer and eventually the answer is going to show, but maybe not, maybe I know that now I've done all I could do as far as reaching out to people. Now it's up for me to do my own homework. It's time for me to do my own research. And then I go out and experiment because a lot of times family will have the knowledge, but we won't go out and experiment. We're, you know, you heard the mentality. I don't believe in it, but they say people that are coaches weren't good players. And I'm like, that's not true. I believe that, uh, you can be both. I believe that especially if you played the game, you understand some of the trials and tribulations. Like I shared with you yesterday, when those trainers made a decision to gain all that weight so they can understand what their client emotionally and physically go through. And that's what we have to do. Family, when you are searching for answers, when, when you are um, looking to, achieve your greatness, when you're looking to out talk those limited beliefs that are coming your way, you have to go out and start searching for information. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that work Monday through Friday. But outside of that, you need to go out, continue to go out and find answers and continue to believe in yourself and trust in yourself. Because if you don't, as I always say, someone out there has a game plan for you. Do you want to go with your game plan or do you want to go with the game plan that they have for you? I know today, I hope that it impacts someone's life. I really believe when you start working on fixing your limited beliefs and it's an everyday meeting you have to have with yourself. It's an everyday minimizing the self-talk, minimizing what they said that you couldn't do, minimizing how they said it to you and why they said you wouldn't be able to be who you're going to be able to be. You have to figure out ways to minimize it. And the first step is believing in yourself. Second step, trusting yourself. Third step and the most important step out of the first two steps is going to take immediate action and can and execute. I don't know what more can I say except This has been the Impact Secret Podcast Show. I am your humble host, E.D., and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Peace.